Welcome to the Nightly Rant with your hosts, Mike and Toria. This is the show where we examine society from a sarcastic point of view. If you like insane conversations, this is definitely the show for you. Let's get into today's topic. YPN people, I don't know about you, but I love helping out a friend. That's why I want to shout out my friend Brian Little and his podcast, Your Favorite Blockhead. This is the only show that manages to weave together peanuts and MMA into one heck of an amazing podcast. You can find your favorite blockhead wherever your favorite podcasts reside and at yourfavoriteblockhead.com. Do me a huge favor and listen to Brian's show. You'll be entertained and you'll help out a friend. Now, as I said, let's get into today's topic. So tomorrow's going to be a kind of an interesting morning for me. Why? What are you doing tomorrow? Well, Dachshunds and Friends has gotten in an entire herd a of herd. <laughs> puppies. And we're going to be picking one of them up tomorrow to take care of them until they find a home. Well, and did you hear that there's more herd on the way because they also picked up two pregnant mama dogs? Wow. So nine, <laughs> they picked up nine dogs. That's a lot of dogs. So there's that's Eight. seven Seven puppies, right? Or six puppies? It's six puppies because they had to leave one in Mexico because it needs too much vet care because it was hit by a car. Oh, no. That's so sad. So, so sad. Yeah. Um, but but I think this is the first time we're all, at least the odds are, I, what I heard was there's <laughs> only one male puppy. So this is going to be the first time we have a female dog in the house. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> there's a first for everything. I bet you Yogi will just be enthralled. With a girl dog. He loves girl dogs. So we have a guest today. She's an international and transformational speaker and a best-selling author. Her name is Lucia. I'm going to mess her name up. See, I knew I would. Lucia Giovannini. She's a former international Italian supermodel. She's turned transformational speaker and author. She's written 13 books. Imagine that. I'm trying to write one and she's written 13. She's transforming (laughs) audiences through her teachings, workshops, retreats, and books helping them overcome limiting beliefs and fears to live a whole new life. Lucia is a passionate advocate for animal rights and veganism as a way of life. She lives with her husband, Nicola, and her dog, Caligula, between Bali, Thailand, and Italy. Lucia is a doctor in psychology and counseling and a bachelor in psychoanthropology and an international affiliate of the American Psychology Association. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. And uh, it's such a pleasure to be here with you and Toria. Yes, we're glad to have you. We're very glad to have you. And I, I remember when I saw your bio come through and I saw the animal advocacy, I thought you're perfect for us because as our listeners know, we work with a rescue called Dachshunds and Friends Rescue. And we love our rescue people there. I don't know what rescue organizations <laughs> are like where you're from, but where we are, they use a lot of tactics like um, they almost feel like they're bullying you. They they shame you into, you know, you can only take like in our house. We we have a, our own dog. We already have another foster dog. And we're taking a second one. And that's our max. We couldn't go more than that. <laughs> and they'll shame you into taking Six two puppies. more, you know, or take all the puppies, you know, or take a mama who's going to have five puppies. Our rescue does not do that. They, they, In fact, more often than not, we will say, hey, that dog looks like somebody we would like to take. And they'll say, are you sure? Like they're a lot of work. Like the one we have now, his name is Diego. And I'll drop, I'll drop a photo in the show notes for people. He's available. And he 
was sent to us because he was living in a house with like five other dogs and he has a little bit of a protective streak in him i'd like to say so he growls like if another dog comes near and we just work with them you know we treat we treat every foster dog like it is our dog so um tell us a little bit about what what you've been doing for for animals and how you advocate for animals yeah well it's such an important part of my job because what i do i created an association in italy called you well in italy it's called uniti per i piccoli which means united for the 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 little ones meaning the little ones are of course the 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 dogs and cats and and um and so we work with um uh, italian uh, several italian actually associations for dogs we of course save stray dogs especially from the southern part of italy because in northern part of italy there's not so much of you know stray dogs but in the south of italy there still are and many and then we also help uh the pereras in spain pereras are horrible places in spain where the government actually pay those private kernels to kill dogs and uh, and uh, it's a horrible thing because the money the government is investing they could just as easily invest on you know like spaying and uh, and just treating street dogs and and stray dogs and that would solve the problem instead you know they decided just to pay those private organizations to go around in in the streets of Spain and just gather any dog they could they can because at that point any dog even dog who have an owner but maybe they are just out of the owner yard and uh, they are 50 bucks value so those you know uh, dog catchers Uh. they catch them and in a week they are killed and uh, and it's a horrible situation so i also started a petition a few years ago i were was able to gather like thousands and thousands of signatures against this because Spain in the end of the day is part of the EU and it shouldn't have this kind of you know maltreating animals but I was able to to gather all this this you know uh, petitions and signatures and I was also able to to get the petition to Bruxelles to the European Parliament and then it ended there they never replied they I was not able to to move it forward from there <laughs> Oh no! That was quite disappointing and frustrating for me. But I still gone, you know. And here in Asia, on the other side, we have other kinds of problems. We also have, you know, stray dogs, and I also work with other organizations in in Thailand and here in Bali as well. And uh, we have other problems because we have dog meat trade. Uh, And so they, they steal dogs from the streets, and they, because at that point, again, each dog has a value in terms of money because they sell those dogs to, to, to the butcher's shop and to the restaurants. Not here. In, I mean, in Bali and Thailand, it's forbidden, but they, in neighboring countries, it, it's allowed. So they just steal the dogs and, and export the dogs to other countries. So, wow. I mean, yeah, it's a tough situation. And what we try to do, of course, is we are like I'm, I'm gathering, you know, money also from participants to my workshops. I'm putting a lot of, you know, uh, money myself into this in order to, to finance those um, organizations who are actually, I mean, fighting this. Uh, and and uh, and we try to 
to, I mean, we pay for the veter veterinarian expenses. We try to find new homes for the dogs who have been saved and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah because I, if I, we I, don't do it, who does, you know? I mean, right. I, I, right. dogs don't have money to pay for the, even animals in general, not just dogs, because the same happens for cats as well. But they don't have, you know, money to pay for their friend or more to pay for their medical care. Or they don't have a voice to say, hey, we are living beings. We have emotions. You, we are not objects. We are not meat. Or we are not, you know. So if we don't do that as humans, who is going to speak for them? I completely agree. We have, like I talked about our rescue, they, they're they very um, loving, caring people. And they we, we recently had a dog that had some kind of a tumor on its mm. spine. And so it couldn't walk. And they paid for the vet bill to have that tumor removed. And then on top of that, they worked very hard. To, they found a, a rehab specialist down in San Diego. And you know, we're in, we're in, um, our, our rescues in, they're based in Burbank. And so they found a rehab specialist down in San Diego. But the problem was that they'd need to bring their dog twice a day. And so they had to find a foster down there. And they worked very hard to find a, a woman who would foster this dog. And she diligently twice a day took this dog in and it's so touching to see, you know, then here's this dog walking and yeah. so many people would have just taken that dog and put it down because, you know, yeah. it has to have surgery and that costs a lot of money and, and then it's going to have to have rehab and that costs a lot of money, but they, they take care of it because they treat it again. Like I said, like it's a member of their household. I mean, we had a, yeah. we had a foster who, Oh, Duncan, he came from Duncan. <laughs> That was the foster that we had with the medical issues. Well, yes, but I actually was about to talk about Beans, who came oh, also came from Mexico. He like that. And he he had gone through, he had two kinds of mange. And for, for three months, the poor dog had to basically live quarantined from everybody mm. while they gave him medicated baths. And so, you know, from, I don't know, six months old to nine months old, he was in quarantine. And when we got him, this dog loved everything and when i say everything i mean yeah. if it was a living creature he loved it birds cats dogs lizards we have guinea pigs he loved the guinea pigs <laughs> he he loved humans and it was all because he had to watch from afar while everyone else was getting yeah. attention and he didn't get as much attention well this dog he was also because of that he was a little bit rambunctious and he would like jump when he'd see people he would jump and jump and jump and so we, we spent about an hour on the phone with some people and they adopted him and then they returned him two days later because he was chasing their cat. And we warned them that he does that at first and that it goes away. But, you know, yeah. some people, they're just not meant to have that dog. So they returned him and we looked at each other and we said, you know, you know, what would benefit this dog is if we took him to obedience class. So we took him to obedience yeah. class for well, how long was it? Five weeks, five whole weeks. Yep. Yep. And every week we took him there. And the dog settled down a lot. He learned to listen. He still was a little hyper when he met, you know, new people. But he was a baby. He was such he a loved sweet everyone. boy. Everyone. Yeah. And he ended course. up getting adopted by the night this nicest lady who Fantastic. she actually thanked us for giving her the opportunity to be this dog's mom. You know, yeah. and he's living a really nice life right now. She sends us pictures all the time. Probably the only foster uh, mom that has stayed in close contact with us, but it's such a rewarding experience to see a dog go from, you know, being 
unruly and maybe you know not necessarily in, you know <laughs> i'll put this in quotes the best citizen yeah um into he was a demon this dog that she just <laughs> loves to death and here's the thing about that just like with people there's someone that will match you pretty well and fit your lifestyle and you fit theirs this dog is perfect for her like she has friends that have, she doesn't have any kids she's not married mm -hmm. and she has friends that have kids and she tells me how she takes them to the birthday parties or if they have a pool party, she'll bring the dog and he plays with the kids. And he, yeah. she just loves him so much. And it's sad to hear that, you know, government agencies, uh, I mean, the, the, the capturing of animals and then, you know, using them for food is another story. But just the whole idea that they're putting them down within a week and things of that nature, it's just so sad because – with a little bit of effort, you can yes. find homes for these animals. And I, and you you made a great point. They don't have a voice. They can't speak and say, hey, you know, this is yeah. what all you got to do is this and I'll be fine. They can't tell yeah, you. you I'm a living being. Yeah, help me instead of, you know, putting me down. Yeah, definitely. And and there are so many stories, you know, of, of dogs who actually helped humans. I mean, when a dog comes to your house, it brings, it, it's like a battery full of love you know, full of vitality, full of playfulness. And it's all qualities that we humans start forgetting in our lives. We are so caught with our own stories, with our own problems. When a dog enters a house, it, it is really a, a new uh, wave of love entering that house. And it brings a lot of healing to all the people. So this also needs to be reminded more and more. And actually, I speak, there's a whole chapter in my book, A Whole New Life, that speaks about that. Because I talk about, you know, relationship with animals as a way of transformation, as a, as a way of, you know, letting go our stress and as a way of uh, getting out of our problems, bettering our mood, bettering, having a better health even because when we have a, a dog we need to walk the dog for example and it forces us to get out of our you know like i'll stay uh, in the couch all day mood and <laughs> and it forces us to be a little bit more active and and that's good for our health as well so there are so many benefits so many benefits and i have a similar story we rescued a bulldog uh, from the Pereiras and he was going to be put down the next day. So we, we were able to do that rescue and he was so in such a bad conditions. And um, we were able to pay for his, all his medical expenses and then have him travel to Italy, have him sent to Italy. And one of my coaches adopted him. And I have this uh, this school for coaching and, and coaches and, and counselors, etc., when one of uh, uh, my coaches adopted him and uh, I mean, he was a terrible bulldog and he also went through, you know, some lessons at a proper dog school. And now he's living in a penthouse in the center of Rome. And, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, this girl just got married and the dog was the one carrying the rings, you know, at the wow. fashion. Awesome. And the terrible bulldog now is friends with all the neighborhood. And <laughs> I mean, so <laughs> you know, I mean, so nice to, to witness these stories of transformation. And the transformation was to, for the dog, obviously, but it was also for, for her and her husband. So that's amazing. Well, I, I have a theory about about human relationships, and I think it actually transfers over to 
humans to animals. And that is like, if you think about it, like in it, everybody who's gone through chemistry class, you know, you take one chemical mm. and you mix it with another chemical, you get one kind of reaction. You take that same chemical, mix it with some other chemical, you get a different reaction. And I think human beings are a lot like that. Like you, you, as you go through life and you have different relationships with not just romantic relationships, but just relationships in general, there's always like with your group of friends, there's always the two friends that you say, Oh no, those two are going to be there. And every time they're there, it gets so loud and rowdy. Then other times, you know, it's like, Oh, we want to have a mellow time. Let's invite these people. Like it's interesting yeah. that we all know who, who does what. And I was thinking about it as you were saying what you were saying, like this dog, Diego, the lady told us, so he says just a sweetheart, but he just, he, her words, we can't stop him from being aggressive. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we always have the attitude and we thought this was normal with everybody in the rescue, but we're finding out that it's sort of unique. We have the attitude that, all right, we're going to take you on as a kind of a challenge. And we're, we know that let's face it. There's, I be- strongly believe the words. There's no such thing as a bad dog, just bad owner. And I think it's just, it's no different than children. You know, there's no, when children are born, they're kind of like a clean slate and they, they learn from their parents, their behavior. And so if you teach them the right way, well, then you end up with really good kids. Well, I believe the same thing with animals. And he came here. We started telling him, you know, when he would growl, we wouldn't get aggressive with him. We would just say, you know, no, don't do that. Mm. And he's still, I mean, admittedly, he has a minor touch of it, but he's only really had, we've had him for over a a month month now. And he's only really had two incidents where he got a little too aggressive, but he's slowly learning that, Hey, you know what? I don't need to be aggressive towards the other dog because these people, they just love me. They're not going to, you know, <laughs> they're not going to love the other dog more than me. They love me equally. And I really think, you know, that kind of change happens when you put the animal with the right people. They, yeah. they feel it and things change. I think when you're in a house, there's certain dogs, like he doesn't belong in a household with five dogs. He has a fear, in my opinion, that he's not going to get the attention that he wants. And so he growls to chase the other dogs away. So by putting him in a house where there's only one dog or maybe, you know, our, in our opinion, the ideal adopter is going to have no dogs. He'll feel confident that, all right, I'm going to get the attention that I need. Like right now, he he we have four guinea pigs and they're in a like an elevated cage and he spends probably 30% of his waking time just staring at them. He can't, he can't figure out what they are. He doesn't understand like, what are these things? And he's just so in love with them. They, he loves them. And that he, he's such a sweet dog and he deserves, I think all animals, they deserve the, the love and affection and a future. So, so tell me like, you know, you were mentioning about, you know, in your book, you know, talking about, you know, your attitude towards animals um, kind of affecting your overall life. And, you know, we, we discussed a little earlier about change. So tell us a little bit about how you apply that. Like what, what is the story behind that? Yeah. Well, um, I've been, you know, um, uh, working with people, giving workshops, et cetera, for over 25 years now. And what I noticed is that the main problem we all of us humans face is change because either we want the change that is not happening. Like we want to change something in our relationships. We want to change something in our work and that change is not happening. And then we get, you know, frustrated and impatient, etc. 
or we don't want to change anything at all, but life pushes us into a change, you know, it forces us like the the end of a relationship or losing someone dear or, you know, like some health issues or even just growing older. I mean, it's a kind of change in your body and that's where the idea of a whole new life came about, you know, to put all my studies, knowledge, uh, experience, and, and not just that, but all the experience of my participants, the, the thousands of participants of, to my workshop into a book to, to help other people. And so A Whole New Life, it's sort of a guide how to, to go through change, to make the best out of it, to create the changes we want. And the chapter on animals is because one of the things that I notice is one of the main blocks is the lack of love, lack of self-love and lack of love in general, in relationships, in working environments. So what happens is that the contrary of love is fear. When we are not, when we don't feel loved, we go into fear. It's the same, the same reaction that dogs have, you know, as you were mentioning. He was fearing that he was not loved, and so he gets aggressive. The same thing we do as, as humans. So what animals do, and not just dogs, of course, dogs is the easiest way, but even cows, even, I don't know, dog, um, cats, even, even any kind of animal, what they do is they are a source of love. So when you, when you start to be more in a relationship with, with, with the pet, with, with an, any kind of animal, that's what they teach you. They teach you unconditional love because they don't love you if they love you for who you are. They love you even when you misbehave, actually. Uh, they <laughs> love you even if you are not, if you don't wear makeup, if you, I don't know, if your body is not perfect, they love you anyway. <laughs> and, and so it's a great teaching. And if we are able to embrace that teaching and bring it in our life, in, in, in the relationship, to ourselves and in the relationship with others, then it's a game changer. That's what that chapter is about. I think that's brilliant because it's what I say about, you know, children when they're younger, they, they love their parents unconditionally. You know, that's yeah. how, you know, you get situations where a parent is a drug addict, but the child still yeah. loves the parent because that's their, their mom or their dad. And I think you're absolutely right about animals. We actually, it's, it does follow over with cats as well. We have one cat who um, has become my cat and it's probably the first <laughs> time in my life that I have a cat that has chosen me as their human. Um, He's proud of it in case you I can't love, tell. I, I, I like cats. I like cats, but I'm not like the biggest cat fan. I'm always mm -hmm. been a dog person. And I think it's just because they've never connected with me. But this one cat, she was a stray in our apartment complex and she had had five kittens and they were... One of the kittens, its eye was shut, and we thought, uh-oh, there's some serious problem here. And so we captured the kittens and the mama. We brought them into our house. We took the one kitten to the vet, took care of its problem. Thankfully, it was just a little bit of an eye infection, and medication took mm -hmm. care of it. But she was so grateful for how we helped her and her kittens. And she was, my gosh, if you see pictures of her now versus when we brought her in the house, it doesn't even look like the same cat. <laughs> and she... But what happened was my, my wife and my children would spend so much time with the kittens, of course, you know, it's a natural thing. I would end up kind of sitting there and petting the cat. And we just got this bond together and she learned uh, for a while. I was the only one she trusted in the house. If other people came, she darted away. 
Um, she hates this, everyone but him. This cat had the most horrible case of PTSD. And now she comes out. She wants affection. She'll even her newest thing. And this has been two years now. This is how long it's taken, but it's patience. You know, you let them, you let them dictate. She comes out. She sits on my lap. Um, she'll make me pet her. If I don't pet her, she gets mad, but then she'll go and, you know, spend time with Toria or she'll spend time with my, one of my kids. And she's just turning into this really sweet creature. And again, it's just, it's all about the trust and, I think it's amazing, you know, that how you mentioned that, because I think if people were to think about how animals treat us and we were to treat each other the way animals treat us, this world would be a lot nicer yes. place to live in. Yes, definitely. That, that, that's the idea. That's the idea. Because uh, we too often we make choices out of fear instead of making choices out of love. Too often we communicate to each other out of fear and out of aggression instead of out of love. If we could bring more love in our life, our world would be different. Our life would be different and the whole world would be different, you know. I think that the, the main, you know, game changer, uh, if we could even face our challenges with more love for ourselves, for example, uh, even if when we fail, even when everything, you know, is not perfect in our life, life or is not as, as we wish it, it would be, and we, we, if we were able to build, still be uh, loving to ourselves and towards other people around us, because when we go into stress, what happens? Our our uh, unconscious reaction is we become aggressive towards other people around us. Are so balancing in their energy. When you have an animal in your life, it also brings balance to the whole household. So yeah. Well, and it's it's interesting because you know you made some good points about like uh, having a dog you know you have to take it for a walk so it makes you it forces you to be a little healthier but even from a a life balance perspective one of the things i've noticed is we oh i'd say three four months ago we we run our own business and so three four months ago we we decided for productivity sake it was time to get our own office space and so we rented an office about six or seven minutes from home and every day at the same time i take a break i drive home take the dogs out for a walk give yeah. them some attention and then yeah. go back to the office and sometimes yeah. if it's going to be a long day i'll do that twice um if it's a shorter day we only do it once but again it make it forces me to stop work exactly. come home kind of realign myself and then i also what i, I found as a side effect of that is that when I get back to the office, I'm refocused on work. Like my mind's not wandering um, because I was able to take a, a good break. Not and, and literally, I think it takes me from the time I leave till the time I get back 30 minutes, you know. Yeah. Um, but it, it, so it's not even really a long break, but it's just enough to like refocus me on what I need to be doing. And it's been really cathartic for me to do that on a regular basis. And then sometimes Toria will join me and we'll, you know, we'll come back together. Um, but a lot of times it's just me. Um, but it's just, and they, it's funny because the one, our one dog, the, the foster dog, he has to be in, in a crate when we're gone because he'll jump into the guinea pig cage and he won't hurt them, but better safe than sorry. He sure so scares we, them so though. We, so we crate him. <laughs> Um, but then our other dog, you know, who is, who actually is ours, he 
now knows the time that I'm coming and he'll wait by the door for me (laughs) when I come in. It's really fun. You know, a lot of times when we catch him, you know, he'll be asleep in the bedroom or something. But in this case, he's right there by the door waiting for me and he just knows, okay, someone's coming home. Time to to go for that walk, you know, and get a little bit of attention. Yeah. Yeah, The same with me, with, with me, with Caligola, my dog, you know, sometimes I work, you know, long time, long hours, just at the computer writing, you know, a new book or preparing another workshop. And, and I forget, you know, about time. But there he is Caligola. He comes and he says, mm, I want to walk. I want to walk. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> then, <laughs> and then I go, oh, okay, time for a walk. And I stop. And I, if it was not for him, I wouldn't stop, actually. But what happens when you stay a long time at your computer? You, your, your head got, you know, like you can't think properly anymore. And your body needs some stretching and some movement. So he's really helpful in that in that sense. And just, you know, <laughs> I take him for a walk, like 20 minutes. And same as you, I get back to my computer, refreshed with new ideas, uh, more relaxed. And so, yeah, definitely. Isn't that amazing how that works? It's yeah. just, you know, I've always heard about like the importance of um, taking breaks like that. But I, I also think though, sometimes if, if all you do, like you see the typical for a while, I was working at a building in downtown Los Angeles and you'd walk out for a break and people are just sort of standing around outside. And if you think about it, they're not really getting a break from work because they're standing there thinking about what's the next thing yeah. you're going to do. But when I have exactly. to come home and take care of two animals and make sure that they're, you know, their water is full and that, you know, here, here's a snack for you when I'm, when I'm going to leave. Oh, there goes the cat. Um, <laughs> it takes my mind off of what I was doing. Yes. So then when I come back, I've even been in the middle of a problem and come back and solved it because, oh, I'm clear headed now. Um, I think yeah. it's pretty, I think animals are amazing. And I think, you know, they are put in our lives for a, a solid reason. Yeah. And I think it's, I don't know. They, they feed off of us. We feed off of them. It's just a, it's just a really good, um, two way relationship. If we so, had a yeah. lot of money and our way, we would have like 90 foster dogs right now. So like <laughs> we would yeah, rescue if, everybody. Yeah. You know, me all. too. Me too. If I didn't have this nomadic life, you know, <laughs> for me, I mean, Caligola, my dog has two passports, speaks three languages. So, <laughs> so he, he comes from Thailand. I actually rescued him in the street when he was a puppy, but you know, oh. now he has his own Facebook page. I mean, he's, he's quite a, a guy. But That's I, I can't travel with more than one dog. It, it gets difficult, you know. But I would definitely have more if I if I didn't have this nomadic life. But yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to tell the listeners. You know, I looked up your book on um, the A Whole New Life on Amazon, and I'm proud to say she has a 5.0 um, in the reviews area, and every single review <laughs> is extremely positive. And I can see why. I mean, after having this conversation with you, you're a, a very gentle soul and you're, the energy that comes off of you is so positive. I admire that. I, I struggle with that sometimes because I'm a very, um, I'm very pragmatic, but I'm also sort of pessimistic about things. And so sometimes Toria will say, Oh, did you see how that person acted? And I say to her, Well, what did you expect? You know, that's, that's how a lot of people are. And, and it's unfortunate that, you know, in our society, uh, we, we speak to people from around the world, you know, and you tend to get like Victoria's from Canada and I'm from the United States. And when we first started 
um, dating, we would get into like these little arguments about, you know, no, you can't do that. That's not allowed. You can't do that. And then it took us a while to realize that's the difference between the two countries, like the rules yeah. and regulations of the two countries. Yeah. And so you kind of get into this mindset that what your experience is, is the experience with a capital T. And it's not really true, but what you find out is that that's prevalent everywhere. And I mean, there's rude people everywhere. There's nice people everywhere. And I think what I have to work on for myself is focusing more on the positive people and not so much on the negative people. And yeah, there aren't as many of the positive people, but they, they make a change. Like I can tell you just even in this, you know, 30 minutes that we've been together, I feel the energy coming off of you. Hopefully our, our listeners feel it as well. You're, you're just a very positive person. And I've never, I've honestly never heard somebody, um, make the connection you made between animals and human behavior. I think, I do think that if we 100% agree with you that if we were to act more like dogs and cats towards their owner, if we were to act that way towards other people, life yeah. would be a lot better play, thing yeah. to live and the world would be a better place. We wouldn't have the, the wars that we have. There'd be a lot yeah. of things that would be different because, you know, I think, one of our friends is a life coach and she always says, assume good intentions. And so when someone does something, don't immediately assume they did it to, you know, stab you in the back, you know, think about it and say, well, okay, maybe they, maybe they did it for a good reason. Let's explore why. And I think all too often we don't do that. We, we immediately assume, oh, they did that to get back at us. So why yeah. don't you tell us where, where we can find you? I, I, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to post a link to your book mm -hmm. in the show notes. And I'm one thing I always do is when we have a guest and they have a book or something like that, I always pick up a copy. So I'm planning to pick up a copy of your book and read it. So hopefully you'll come back on the show and we can talk about your book um, yeah, in great detail. Uh, uh, that would be a pleasure. So um, you can find me at my uh, website, luciagiovannini.com. And it's L-U-C-I-A-G-I-O-V-A-N-N-I-N-I.com. And there you can also find a free gift because uh, I created this five days self-love revolution. And it's a kind of challenge. Uh, you'll get five days. It's videos. It's, it's you know, little exercises, practices to do to increase uh, self-love, which pours into, naturally pours into more love into your life. There you can find it in, in, in the website. And of course, you can also find me in Facebook, Lucia Giovannini. In Facebook, there's also a Facebook group called The Whole New Life. So Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you being on. And like I said, I sincerely hope that we can have you on a second time after Tori and I read your book because um, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get a lot of insight, but I also feel like I'm going to have a lot of questions. And yeah. it's always a good way to tell others about your work. And, um, you know, we we're all for helping people grow whatever it is that they're doing. I actually, it's interesting. I noticed my email came through and we had a, a woman on not too long ago. Her name was, was Adapia Derrico. And I've been getting her, um, newsletters and I, I've had comments after her episode went out about how, oh, she's a little spacey and this and that. But actually when you read her newsletters, I've learned so much uh, about myself from reading her newsletters and she doesn't bombard you, you know, that sort of thing. So I think people need to connect with people like you guys and find out that there's um, other ways to look at life than their way. 
Um, and maybe, you know, maybe learn a little bit about being positive. I think that'd be great. I, I for one would be very appreciative if society were (laughs) to become a bit more positive and not so negative. So anyway, well, again, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, Tora. It's been such a pleasure. It's fabulous to meet you. (laughs) Thank you. All right. On that note, good night, everyone. Hasta la bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Nightly Rant. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. If you didn't enjoy the show, please just ignore that previous request for a rating. This has been a Yogi's Podcast Network production.